Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Coffee Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, October. I did not I did not pull up a calendar. Is it twenty? My gosh. No, it is October twenty. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I knew that. I, I did it off memory. You counted seven days from last time you recorded? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Chris and I am joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Feeling good. Pretty, you know, it's a uh, it's gonna go in the comic book news, but it's the the weekend of fandom and you know, feeling juiced. It feeling- is. Yeah, if you didn't know, I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> uh, summer's over, I think. What does that mean? It's getting chilly. It's getting chillier over here. I th- I I have like the sniffles. Oh wow. Okay. Do you actually feel sick, or is it just runny nose? I don't feel sick. I think it's just like yeah, I, I do have like a runny nose sometimes. But also, I think I I just like sneeze, and then I feel congested for like an hour. That's what the opposite. What should happen, right? If you're sneezing, shouldn't it all come out of you? <laughs> no, be- like. Because <laughs> uh, I don't like uh, blowing my nose. Yeah. I feel like that makes it worse. It irritates it. So then it just, you know, it agitates it more and more stuff comes out of you. So what I do when I have to sneeze is I'll pinch my nose closed and force all of the sneeze to come out of my mouth, right? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> but Tasty. it's not snot. It's not snot. It is. No, it's not. It's snot. It's not. <laughs> it's not snot. It's just like a, a sneeze. <laughs> just the- when you when you sneeze, the snot always coming out. I guess not always. I think it's like a <laughs> minuscule amount, but always is I think what how it actually is. And well, what, it's just not leaving out your nose. Now it's coming out your mouth. Just no, because like if you sneeze, right? You then ha- usually have to blow your nose right after. Yeah, right? I could see it on your face it. now. You need to blow your nose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to though, because. Right. Like, Whenever I blow my nose, it actually just makes it worse. Okay. All right. You're just trying to hold it in, trying to not think about it? Yeah. If if I just hold it in, it'll subside eventually. You just you're just thinking about that the whole time though. I I know the feeling. Uh I'm sorry to feel hear that you're kind of sick right now, but I like the cold. I like the chilliness. I like wearing a sweater. I like layers. Oh, I don't like wearing a sweater necessarily, but I like I like when I go to bed and it's cold and I have hella blankets. That's a good thing too. That's a good feeling. Um but I like the like the morning feeling like i like wearing a lot of clothes i don't like i don't i'm not a, a tank top and shorts person ever like you when it's hot out like I have, I have to but i don't like the feeling of wearing less clothes i don't like it ah uh, no i i don't like the heat i don't like yeah. when uh i go out and it's too hot and i'm just like uncomfortable all day yeah i guess so i don't know i like having a lot of clothes it feels like i'm in a blanket all the time so i like the feeling <laughs> It's only going to get colder. I think it's going to start raining soon, uh, which is good because then I was about to get a car wash and I found out it's going to rain this week. Yeah, that we're in that weird period where it could be raining and I always look at my car, it gets kind of dirty and um, we, I live nearby some trees and it gets dirty like every day almost it feels yeah. like and it's that uh-huh. awkward moment like, is it going to rain tomorrow? Should I get a car wash or not? And I just push it off and it's my car gets gross. I hate that. Here in California, October, it, like one day it could be raining, the next day it could be like 80 degrees. Yeah, totally. Flips so up. You never know what you need. I, I'm not gonna. I have like winter clothes that I've packed up. I'm not gonna open it up till I know it's like winter, like really cold already. Oh no, I don't. Like I said, I don't like that feeling of being too cold now. Like that's the. I'm I'm really picky about everything. I get. I'm just realizing now when it comes to the temperature. But I definitely don't want to be cold. You're you're a winter baby. That's why. Yeah, I don't like to be like freezing cold, but uh, I like it where it's like cool weather. Yeah, know? who doesn't? You know that that's a good temperature i don't i'd rather have it on the colder side for me yeah when it's too hot like 75 is like too hot i mean like this uh, no i'd, I'd rather not 
<laughs> rather avoid that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it, it's getting into winter season. I, like you said, I'm a winter baby. So I'm already thinking about uh, birthday weekend. And I, I want to do something. I want to go out of town or, or not just stay indoors. Okay. That sounds fun. Uh, I'm down for if I'm invited or not to whatever <laughs> that, that time not. comes. <laughs> We'll see. We'll keep you updated. Okay. Uh, that's uh, a little over a month from now. So I, I want to plan something. You know what's that weekend? Is uh, Emerald City Comic Con is that weekend. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Wow. So that's that's a maybe. That's a maybe. Are you uh, hinting the drop here? Like, oh, these ticket prices are way too expensive for me to spend on myself, but I'll just no. drop that a year. <laughs> Again, I said you're not invited. So <laughs> I'll let you know if I end up buying tickets for that and going. But until then, why don't you explain how the show works? Here at the Reader Copy Podcast, we split up three parts. First up, we run down the comic book news. Guess what? It's a lot of DC stuff this week, okay? In the middle, we'll talk about a cool comic book. It is still October here at Reader Copy Podcast, so we're going to be doing another horror book, The Empty Man. And then we'll finish with the side stories where we talk about when watching, reading, whatever entertainment we've been uh, consuming. A lot to talk about, so let's get into it. So as you said, it was DC Fandom um, this past Saturday. Uh, it was the second one ever. Yeah. The first one was I thought was great, and the second one I also thought was very good. But I did the thing where like I just waited till the end of the day and watched the trailers on YouTube. <laughs> I did the same. You know, uh, when the first one came around, we were all stuck at home and we literally had nothing to do. So yeah. getting a fandom was like a little treat. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit busier now. There's more. You could go outside now. So. Uh, I just waited for the highlights personally, and it did not disappoint. It did feel a bit. No, it's still good. It was still good. The thing was, like, uh, I heard this joke online with everything getting delayed that DC fandom this year was still like a rerun, you know? <laughs> it's a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. Uh, I don't think any new DC stuff came out in between. Like, it was like two two movies in between last fandom and this one. Yeah, I mean, they pushed it all the way straight to HBO Max, if anything, and we got like yeah. Wonder Woman 2. Was that it? Maybe. Yeah, and the be. Suicide Squad came out. Birds of Prey? I don't know. Was that before? That was before, I think. That was before, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of trailers, a lot of first looks, um, all about like their movies, the video games, the TV shows. But one that's been delayed for, I feel like, even way before the pandemic, something that I've been wanting to see for a long time now, and it's been talked about for years, is The Rock's Black Adam movie. Yes, it looks intriguing. We didn't get a necessarily a teaser trailer trailer yet um we got a lot of like his uh crew on the team talking about it but then like a little clip like a little snippet uh with uh, showing off black adam yeah um it's just like one little quick scene yeah of him looks like appearing for the first time and he doesn't even talk in it i'll say it looks pretty cool we got some answers like the question was, does Black Adam take place in ancient times or is it more modern? It looks like, at least from this opening scene, that it, it's going to be in modern time. Absolutely. I think we get like a crew that are um, invading this tomb, gives off some type of Tomb Raider feel as they invade. Mm-hmm. There's like this floating crown up above. 
I yep, that's kind of cool. Was that his or somebody in the like a pharaoh, or whatever? And then they wake him up, I guess, and he erupts. And just like, um, well, just like Shazam, they have to say Shazam for him to appear. Oh, okay, that makes okay. That lady yelling it out pushed him forward. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. They're reading like the hieroglyphs or something on the floor. She says Shazam, and then lightning strikes, and he he like teleports in. And there's a cool shot where they're like shooting him right, and he like catches a bullet like with his fingers. A super fast so, powers yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so though it is from mo- in modern time i don't think he's from modern time so he's he looked like curious about it so i think he's like he's not gonna know what's going on absolutely i think you know he's an ancient egyptian right? right um i think his story was he's like a slave in the ancient times and then he freed his people mm. but then he became a ruler of his people at a certain point and the powers that be the the gods that gave him his power did not like how he used it right and that's why they right like he's not the good champion yeah I, I wish we got to see more more of the action and more of like the what the real story is yeah but we did see the rest of the cast talking about it of course you're gonna say it's great of course you're gonna say like it's nothing like you've ever seen before Unless you watch Shazam. <laughs> but I do like how the cast is unfolding. Um, you get to see uh, Hawkman, but uh, also uh, Pierce Brosnan as he's going to be playing Dr. Fate. And man, his hair is super cool. Right. It's a word silver fox type of look. He's, he's getting old. <laughs> um I I don't know how what he's gonna look like in spandex because I think that's what Doctor Fate wears, right? <laughs> so I don't know if he's gonna look intimidating. Hopefully he does, or they have a body double, or whatever. But I think Chris Brosnan can bring that gravitas to an ancient god, right? Speaking of spandex, what did you think of Black Adam's like costume? I like the look of it. You can't, you know, black is always in, right? That that's a cool look. <laughs> and then the kind of sinister look of the hood made him look more menacing and made it look badass in the little clip we did get. So I appreciate that. I thought that was great. I want to say the suit makes the rock look smaller. Oh, it's thinning. <laughs> <laughs> Black is slimming. <laughs> no, but like we're so used to seeing the rock like unworldly big, right? Yeah. Okay. That now that he is in a superhero costume, because I don't think I've ever seen him in a superhero costume, right? Sure. <laughs> well, in Fast Five, he's <laughs> oh, okay. Might as well be his paint on shirt. <laughs> sure. uh, what was was he like the Tooth Fairy? Was he that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, seeing him now in the Black Adam costume, it almost makes him look smaller because, like, knowing that, like, um, what's his face? Shazam, what's his name? Zachary Levi? Is that Zachary Levi, yeah, that's right. He wears like a muscle suit on oh, right. right? Yeah. And The Rock doesn't, but it almost looks like he should, even though he doesn't have to. He definitely doesn't. He's the last person that has to. <laughs> yeah, but it makes it look smaller. Like, he would look bigger without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> he would look bigger in his um, polo sweaters that he wears to interviews, right? Because he looks like he's busting out of them. <laughs> yeah, he should just be wearing a turtleneck with a fanny pack. There you go. Way more menacing. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just a shot or the angle of this first look, but uh, maybe he'll look better once we see the full like trailer, official trailer. Well, here's the thing, you know, when he's he's basically a bodybuilder now. He's not a wrestler anymore, right? <laughs> so yeah. he bodybuilders can't do stuff. Like they can't, they can't really like do <laughs> any do action. Stuff. Like they can't scratch their back. There's so much stuff they can't do. When's the last time you saw The Rock run, really, right? He doesn't oh really God. do action scenes, I feel like. I saw him jump a gap from a crane to a skyscraper once. And that was real. 
it looks like he the whole clip just had him kind of lifted up in cables right and kind of rising yeah. catching a bullet so i'm hoping there is some awesome action that i think henry cavill was able to do the action like he could do witch and all that but i don't know if rock is the rock is totally about action right now i don't because he's just oh you know what i'm saying too big he's just yeah. too big wow really i think so now do you think he's the villain of the movie uh i think he is i think he's the main character right i think he's the anti-hero that's the the word you don't like but i think the jsa are heroes and he's the protagonist if that makes sense and they're going to convert him at a certain point okay that's what i think a lot more we're getting a lot more of these like quote-unquote villain leads movies like joker venom now black adam i i wonder how they're gonna like if he is gonna convert or they're gonna i don't know toe the line of that possibly maybe maybe there's a bigger threat maybe he sees the air of his ways but he still doesn't want to join up with them i could see that going on um i think that jeff john's storyline did have him introduced into the fold of the JSA and those people oh, on okay. if they ever call them that I don't know but the, we only get four of them right was it there's a, you mentioned those two and then there's Cyclone and Atom mm-hmm. Smasher yeah um, we saw shots of their like logos on their chest right it looks alright right. Not nothing to cry home about but it's not, not a big deal either you know right yeah another movie that showed logos of chests <laughs> yes definitely is the Flash movie uh, uh, a lot of logos a lot of the same logo <laughs> a lot of overlapping logos there you go <laughs> and we got like a little first teaser of this the flash movie is it just called the flash or is there like a subtitle to it do you know i believe it's just the flash okay from what i'm or from what i'm seeing i think it's still just the flash they could call it the flashes <laughs> they could yeah okay so you're alluding to there's two ezra millers in the shot <laughs> for this two movie ezra millers yeah um they're already saying like he's jumping timelines jumping parallel universes right yeah so he goes into another universe where there is an ezra miller there <laughs> that's not the flash it's just ezra miller <laughs> it's just ezra miller, the actor <laughs> it's a it's a dumbledore he's a from fantastic beast <laughs> And there's a whole new Batman in that universe, too. A whole old Batman, you sh- I should say. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. It's Michael Keaton's Batman from uh, 89 Batman, right? Right. And he's... Pretty cool. I guess we don't see him, his face in the cowl. We just see the back of it, right? With a cool logo. And it's iconic. It's definitely Michael Keaton's Batman. You hear his voice, too. So... Yeah. Confirmed, of course. Yeah. So this is a continuation of his Batman, right? That's what we're assuming. This universe that he... That Flash jumped into i think right is the tim burton 89 batman universe yes i believe so so that universe has a flash the longer hair ezra miller yeah i guess that's the case and there's a bigger age gap between the flash and batman in this universe than in the snyderverse right because that they don't have ben affleck joining he's in the movie apparently but not in this other universe yeah so in my head if this is like pulling a lot from the flashpoint comic book yeah in my head, he jumps universes, runs into that Flash, and he's like, well, we need to go. I need to go back. Uh, I'll need the help of Batman. I know Batman is Bruce Wayne. Let's go meet Bruce Wayne. But it's a different Bruce Wayne. He just looks different. It's freaking Michael Keaton. It's Michael Keaton, yeah. Okay. It's Mr. Mom. It's <laughs> Uh, I can see that it's Beetlejuice. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole multiplicity going on here. I've never seen that movie. Uh, I can see that happening. That Flash, I think he also has like a a costume that I saw online. There was like a Batman costume spray paint to look like the Flash. I don't know if that was like a weird mix-up, but... 
his costume is supposed to be a Batman costume originally. Maybe the Flash and yeah. Batman are closer in that world. Oh, my guess is the opposite. They're enemies? No. Uh, my guess is that Ezra, Ezra Miller, that Barry Allen, does have superpowers, but he doesn't want to be a superhero. He's just... He doesn't do anything, right? Oh. He's right. hiding his powers. And then when the real the R Flash goes in there and shows him what he could be, and then he meets Batman and all this, he's inspired by both Batman and Flash that he takes an old Batman costume and makes it look like the Flash and then uh-huh. becomes their Flash. You're saying this is just like... Uh, he's like Ralph Boner, where he's just like hanging out. <laughs> he's not really anything. And then he gets inspired by the... Ref- Maybe he never gets yeah. recruited because Ezra Miller's original Flash gets recruited by Batman to like right. you know, be in the Justice League, in their Justice League. And uh, Michael Keaton just never recruited him. Yeah. Would you say that maybe just because of the shaggier hair that he's the, the more of the, the lazier one that doesn't want to be yeah. a hero? That's yeah, it. Honestly, yeah. You're judging book by its cover. I'm definitely pulling strings just from the look. <laughs> You're writing a whole story with this. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember Flashpoint too much. I remember there's like a lot of extra stuff that I think they're not going to get bogged down into like Atlantis and uh, Themyscira warring. Mm. But there's other stuff that get introduced. Um, Like whatever happened to the Flash in the comic book, in the Flashpoint comic book, they don't mention him, right? So I don't know. What do you mean? In the comic book, um, he jumps into Thomas Wayne's future, right? Or or present time. But Thomas Wayne doesn't have a Flash there. Yeah, I don't remember. That's what what I'm saying. I don't remember. So they're they're writing their own story, right? I mean, Supergirl is in the trailer. I remember her, a big part of Flashpoint. Sasha Kaye, I believe. Yeah, so she's in that universe. I guess they don't have a Superman. They have a Supergirl or Superwoman or whatever. So she's going to be part of it. I hope we get to see a lot of her. I think she's going to be pretty cool. I think she could just be the younger cousin and Superman is just out and about, you know, and then uh, (laughs) Spider-Man, Supergirl. Supergirl. Andrew Garfield in this? That'd be amazing. Biggest news of fandom. <laughs> Supergirl is is just happens to run across Ezra Miller's Flash, both of them, you know. Okay, what about this theory? Long hair Ezra Miller yeah. is reverse Flash. That's that's a conspiracy that I saw online too. Uh-huh. Because there was a shot where we go back in time where Flash supposedly talked, like finds his mother, right? Because right. she got killed or died. Um, maybe that was reverse Flash or the second Ezra Miller is in the reverse Flash, like an evil version. What do you think about that? I, I think that could happen. Yeah. That could be a possibility. Um, the way he walked, you know, or sh- we saw his shot in like the his glowing costume it didn't look necessarily heroic it looked a bit intimidating could be the reverse flash in that instance Ooh, yeah. it looks just a lot more like him honestly like why have two Ezra Millers in a story if if one is not the evil one or something you know what I mean okay right a, a, a why variant. even make that an, a, a part of the story I don't know is he just like the tour guide for his own this other universe that could be the case we also don't know if this flash is of the same universe as Michael Keaton it could just be okay, yeah. they hopped into this third universe for some reason at the same time. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff we could look out for. Is there going to be, was it the speed treadmill, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> look out for that. I think that's how he goes back in time, I think. Uh, yeah. I think he just runs so fast that he like rips through space and time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, were you juiced to see all the Michael Keaton Batman stuff? I mean, I, we didn't see a lot. We didn't even really see the front of him. Right. Uh, we didn't see the actual, his Batmobile. We saw it covered. True. But I, I do have a feeling this will be a movie that I'm really excited for. I I really like the Batman 89 movie. So to continue that, to see, I hope they fill in the 
gap and be like, this is what I've been doing. I hope oh. it's kind of like, kind of what they're nodding to in the Snyder one where like, I had a Robin and maybe all this stuff happened and he died or whatever. I hope that stuff kind of gets folded in. I hope it's not just like, oh, I haven't been Batman since the 90s and I'm going to put it on again because you're back. <laughs> I just got old, so I decided not to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. That could be the case. I, I cleaned up Gotham. It's good now. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I gentrified Gotham. <laughs> um, I don't know. If I didn't get super hyped up. Like, I see other fans getting hyped up oh, for it. Really? Because, here's the thing. I wasn't alive in 89. <laughs> It's you know hashtag not my Batman. I was not oh. I was not alive during that his Michael Keaton's administration. So <laughs> <laughs> this is what I heard though. This is what I heard. If Michael Keaton decided not to do this movie and he didn't want to come back, they were gonna go and try to get Christian Bale. Oh wow! To replace his Batman. If that had happened, would you be more excited? If it was Christian Bale's Batman universe that he had to go into, that'd be pretty cool. But he just it feels like he just got off the pile. Like he just didn't. Uh, he just took the role off. Like, he doesn't want to do it anymore, right? So, I don't want him to come back too early. That's my thinking. Okay. But if we, they couldn't get Keen, then, then get Bale, I guess. I think Kilmer does not want to do the role. Just get Clooney. Clooney? Clooney oh, man. yeah. Clooney. He needs, a, uh, he needs to run that back. <laughs> <laughs> he even admits that movie was bad. Uh, it was all the was it bat nipples that's ruined everything. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say, like, I'm I'm looking forward to the Flash movie. I think it has one of the coolest scores. If you listen to the music that's oh. happening, it's it's really, like, it, it gets me excited, like, that buildup. Um, in the Snyder cut, when he has to go back in time to save the Justice League, and the, the ground is, like, forming at his feet as he runs back through time. Yeah. The music behind it, it gives me goosebumps. So I still, I like that. Wow. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I like that. I didn't, I guess it didn't... I, I like those scenes. My only beef with the Flash um, decisions is the way he runs. He looks the way he like flows through the air. It looks weird, like he's like swimming in the air. I don't, I don't like that. Super fast. Yeah, but is that how actual sprinters run? I don't think so. Well, maybe if they did, <laughs> <laughs> they would be the fastest man alive. Okay. <laughs> Do you think he's fast underwater? Um, he has to run, right? He can't. Can he swim fast? Can he swim? Do you think he can swim fast? I don't think. I don't know the rules of the speed force. Can he just? I think he could do everything. He could do like t- tornadoes with his hands, right? So I think he can swim fast. Do you right. know who is fast underwater? Well, let's hear it. Ocean Master. <laughs> Orm. Okay, Orm. Orm. I heard he's getting his own movie. <laughs> he's back. It's called Aquaman 2. <laughs> the Lost Kingdom. We got our first look at this. It wasn't a full trailer. It was just yeah. like behind the scenes stuff. But it looks a lot like the first one. And I'm meaning that in a good way. Like it's got the fun of it. And it, again, looks like it's going to be like some kind of the, this journey. Because the first one felt like almost like a globe trotting mission. Sure. Yeah. And this one seems like it'll be similar. We got everybody coming back. Even um, Black Manta will be back. I think he's going to have a bigger role in this one too. I hope so. Um, like you said, the shots are very colorful, like you said. And there's like a gigantic grasshopper at a certain point like what does it have to do with water in the in the concept art I don't know I don't know at all it looks beautiful as far as the concept art um, Black Manta Yaya Mateen I think he might have been the worst part of the last movie yeah but he's he's a pretty good actor I don't know why he was not good in Aquaman sometimes I think these people don't uh, respect superhero movies they, they, they don't think it's a big deal but it's a money maker right maybe they think of it as just a check but his acting was not great in the movie talk about money maker this shocked me when they said Aquaman was like the highest grossing DC film of all time of Did all you know time that? 
I I did not, but I can believe it. It's anyone really? like, anyone watching that in any language can say like, wow, that's crazy to watch. And I think that can make you money. I think the reason it made so much money is because it appealed to a wider audience, especially Jason Momoa fans <laughs> when he doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> okay. I uh, I guess so. He's a uh, he's the surf bro, right? And I guess everyone's into that. Um, I think of Aquaman as like the answer to Thor of the Marvel universe. Oh, really? And he's had like three of his movies. How, is are they comparable? You think as far as ticket sales? Well, no, I would think Thor has outsold Aquaman. At least the newer one, Ragnarok, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because like the Marvel fan base exceeds one character. You know what I mean? Oh, right. That's true. It's a machine. Yeah. So should be DC, but I guess they're they've always been fighting this uphill battle. Yeah, their their con- continuity is a little fragmented. Yeah. And maybe Flash will fix that. Maybe that's their plan. But so far, we've had like a bunch of Snyderverse movies and then movies that are not in the Snyderverse. Right. They're promising some that are in the Snyderverse, some that are out, and then a reboot on, on to boot. A reboot to yeah. boot. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're doing like multiple iterations of the same character in the same movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, are you excited for Aquaman 2? They said it's going to be a bit more mature and that's what I want. I felt the okay, first yeah. one is a bit too kiddish. Um, the look of stuff looked amazing. Um, even not just CG stuff, like the, the those kind of toy-looking outfits, those um Atlantis soldiers had. It looked fun. Like yeah. they looked like toys I would want to play with. So I want to see <laughs> stuff like that. That it looks like James Wan is just having fun with it, like he is a kid. Um, they look like uh, enemies of the Power Rangers, yeah. but like the 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 seasons that I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, pass your time. Is that it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I want to see a more spectacle. That's what Aquaman has got going for it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. It needs to have more heart because these just big uh, bottom of the sea war fights can <laughs> just be kind of forgettable, to be honest. I did enjoy the first one. I think the story was just okay, but what I really liked about it was the visuals. And I think James Wan is very good at that. His some of it, like if you just took a still from the movie, they could be like uh, like comic book splash pages or something. Like it looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I, like Ocean Master, I thought when he was in full costume in the final battle with him and, and Aquaman, like some of those shots look really cool. And, and it rivals like Snyder's like slow motion shots. Like I thought oh. they looked like pulled from the pages of the comic books. Like it could be a painting or something, right? Just beautiful mm-hmm. shots. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyed those. So hopefully there's more of that in the sequel. I think so. It feels like there's a lot of fun in the crew. Like we saw, again, background shots of people talking about the movie. And they seem like they're having fun. And I I want that to come out in the movie too. Yeah. But if there's only one DC movie that I could watch out of all these, there's one definitive answer. It's Shazam 2. No, it's uh, (laughs) Matt Reeves the Batman. This is the crown jewel of all of fandom. And man, I I got tingles watching this trailer. <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> how about you? What, how'd you feel? I couldn't believe that it's been a whole year since we got the first trailer. Yeah, yeah I guess so. That little yeah. oh, was that a teaser? It was a while ago. I mean, it, that was enough for me to be like, "This is gonna be the best." You're down. Yeah, I watched that first trailer too much. <laughs> yeah, on a loop. Yeah, I probably watched it the amount of time longer than what the actual movie length will be. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to crash the, the video. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, but the second trailer just amped it up even more. I'm pretty hyped about Riddler. He mm. seems like he's got machinations, like he always does. Um, what's surprising is the the villain gets caught and it looks like he plans to, right? And we never see his yeah. face. So yeah. is it him? Is it not? Is it Paul Dano? Is it not? I, I mean, when we do see him, he has like a duct tape mask, right? In the first trailer. It's like, yeah, a Zodiac Killer mask. And then he's unrolling duct tape, right? He's got glasses yeah. on top of that. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I mean, Matt Reeves definitely likes David Fincher movies. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> I like him too. Make, make a good move, Batman movie around that. I think that's what people do nowadays when they're assigned a, a Batman Joker movie is they just look at all the movies and make it Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really like um, Wes Anderson, so let me make a Wes Anderson Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you bring that up, this is a tangent, but I've always wanted a League of Extraordinary gentleman's wes anderson movie oh my god make it happen i've seen that movie too many times i really like it but we're tangent there <laughs> okay i got another tangent about okay, that let's hear it did you know um sean connery was supposed to play gandalf i do know this story yeah go for it and then he didn't right he's yeah. like i don't want to do that and then it blew up so he told his agent just put me in the next fantasy thing that's gonna be a hit right yeah everyone's gonna get into this and it was a league of extraordinary gentlemen and it bombed <laughs> It bombed. It's it's a it's a diamond in the rough. People just don't realize it's an amazing movie. I've seen it a lot it of times. It bombed. James bombed. <laughs> oh boy. Quarterman. <laughs> Um, but I guarantee you what's not going to bomb is the Batman. We got to see more of Selena Kyle. Yes. Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen a case where Zoe Kravitz is a great actress. Have you? Mm, yeah, but I don't remember. Really? Um, yeah, I saw her in something. I don't remember what it was that I thought it was pretty good. Here's some things I've seen her in. She's in like, um, she's in that movie Dope, I think. She was in- Oh yeah, that was pretty good. I like that movie. I thought that was okay, but she wasn't the star of it or you know a big deal in the movie, sure. I think. Um, I want to watch that again. I think she's in like a high fidelity remake, like TV show or something. Oh, I never saw that. Never saw that. She's in Fantastic Beasts 2. And that's she's, like, okay. That's like yeah. all I could she's list. She's in the first one. Oh, she is in the first one? As a photograph. Okay. Oh, moving photograph. So it counts. Not yeah. speaking role, yeah. but mm-hmm. on camera. She's an extra. <laughs> uh, so I think she's going to do good in this though. I get the vibe that I, this is like the big leagues for her and she's doing a good, going to do a good job. And that's why I think. What do you think? Yeah, I, as of late, Batman and Catwoman have been more intertwined in the comics. Right. So I think they're going to bring that into the movie more. Um, what's her name? Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was okay. Not my favorite. Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, was a better Catwoman. And oh. I, I really liked hers. But you cannot, there... you can't beat Halle Berry. <laughs> I totally forgot about Halle Berry. <laughs> But in this iteration of Catwoman, it looks more like a, a building relationship kind of thing. Right. Whereas the other ones, they're against each other a little bit. Like more so. Like definitely Batman Returns, she was more of a villain, right? Yeah. But this one looks like she's going to end up an ally. I think so. I don't think she's necessarily an evil person, right? Um, maybe she just wants money. That's kind of... Um, what a, a cat thief is like. And I think there, there's obviously tension between the two of them, but this Batman is like so rageful, like vengeful, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this Catwoman is the one that sees, you past know, that. the air, well, past that and also sees the error of his ways and will, you know, teach him what's why he's going about it all wrong as a rookie yeah. in, in this game, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like he doesn't care. Like he says in the trailer, I don't care what happens to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which uh, I, I got, you, yeah, I got black eyeshadow on. So. <laughs> I don't care. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you take the good parts from Dark Knight Rises, where he was like, I don't care if I die, right? All right. Where, and then what he learns is like being scared to die, you could use as a tool to go further. Right. right? Okay. Yes. So I think that's what this Batman's going to learn to like not having fear doesn't make you brave i guess i don't know what exactly how to word it i think um not having fear makes you vulnerable i think it's something, I guess, kinda, something yeah. like that okay i can see that because he this uh whippersnapper does seem like angrier doesn't he like he's just yeah being the crap out of people on the street yeah there's a scene where he's like knocking someone down and she's almost like in shock like repulsed a bit right yeah uh he's just like beating up anybody even if they are not wearing joker makeup just anybody down the street <laughs> What are those guys? Why are they in face paint? Was it? It's, it looks like Joker makeup. I mean, right? But what does I don't that point think it's to? Joker, though. I don't. It can't be Joker. Could it be like Joker's dead already, and he's like an old time villain, maybe even no. before Batman's time, and then and he was Joaquin Phoenix. He was Joaquin Phoenix, and they're just inspired by him. That could be one oh. thing. I know the Joker gang is uh, something that happens in Batman Beyond, actually. And there's like Never a whole heard of crew it of them, and don't care about it. <laughs> Uh, they um, Matt Reeves did say this is a Batman Year One type of story. Like that's the story he pointed out mm, in the a young the, Batman, a young Batman, right? That doesn't have it all together yet. Like Christian Bale yeah. did, it felt like. Yeah, I still don't believe that's Colin Farrell. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> You never seen Colin Farrell and Penguin in the same room, though. <laughs> I remember we were talking about a Colin Farrell Penguin HBO show spinoff. Yeah, and that I hope does happen. But they said because that's probably going to happen because he's actually not in this a whole lot. Oh, really? That's what I heard. Like he's right. in it, but the main guy is Riddler, and more screen time for Riddler and Catwoman. And Penguin's kind of just there too to fill out Gotham. But well, the reason they're giving him a spinoff show is to explore his story. More like we're not going to learn about him so much in the Batman. He'll just be there already. He's like a player in the game of Gotham. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that, to be honest, because when you have, when you stack up all these villains in the movie, it kind of spoils trouble. I mean, look at Spider-Man 3. Uh, so having him yeah, just- Spider-Man 3, No Way Home. Yeah. No, not that. Not that. <laughs> Um, so I'm fine with that. It's just, it's crazy what he's doing. Like, what does he say? He's like, um, whoa, whoa, sweetheart. Like, <laughs> what is that? I got you. I got you. <laughs> the prosthetic is amazing. Like we saw more of it now and it, it looks real. Like he's just that person. Uh, like how, I want to know, how do you know when you're the actor, how do you know you could do this role when you look like Colin Farrell already? You know what I'm saying? Like, where do you get in your head? Like, maybe you should try to play the penguin. Do I have prosthetics uh, at home? How does the casting director think like he will be a good fit? I think it's the other way for these circumstances. Oh. I think Matt Reeves is like, I want Colin Farrell to do this. Really? Because I, I can't, well, he's doing like a New York accent. I can't think of a role Kinda, where yeah. has Colin Farrell done a New York accent in a movie? I don't know, yeah. but I think he's from the few lines I've heard. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty amazing. He's doing a Gotham accent. So who knows what that sounds like? Gotham's supposed to be Chicago, right? So that's... I don't know what it's supposed to be. I don't even, uh, I don't Detroit? Know. I don't know. Detroit? Because I think New York is supposed to be Metropolis. And I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think Go uh, Gotham was Chicago. but Chicago. Also, in, in the Snyderverse, they're like right across the bay from each other. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is not that, though. This is something totally different. <laughs> 
What do you think of the costume? We get to see more of it now, and it's definitely a lot different than the other Batman costumes we've seen on film. And I am I'm not a hundred percent into it yet. What is it? Is it that he looks lankier or like uh, smaller? Because uh, no big shoulders with the Keaton stuff, or what is it? Uh, you know how it, it the way the the face top part kind of goes really far to the back. So he has I don't, it doesn't you know how like other Batman costumes it's like one piece. This one looks like he has like a hood with a, with pointy ears and like a hard face plate on top of that. You're talking about like Daredevil in the Netflix show, something I, I like guess that. Yes, kind of like that. It looks different. <laughs> okay, it it does look a bit Mickey Mouse in a way because it's like rounder <laughs> up top. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with and it. The shots. Other the Batmans teams. have like the really like sharp eyebrows, make him look more mean. This one is he just looks like a guy. <laughs> just looks like a dude. Looks like a man, more like a man than a bat. <laughs> I know what you mean with the Christian Bales. It looks really like almost like skeleton like around his yeah. eyeballs because like deeper. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. What I have an issue with with the costume is he's like almost bulletproof. Like I, I guess he is bulletproof. Oh, Do you like yeah. that fact? I mean, the guy was those three guys or whatever was like point blank machine getting him down and he just like walked up to them that that's like i feel like batman should not be able to do that really why not it's almost like iron man like like he it's like he's just he should be uh sneaky and be able to like get acrobatic also but not just straight on walk up to somebody and just get shot all the time that's why i think of batman don't you but it look cool it looks so cool <laughs> when he took those guys out in the dark tunnel they just can't. They're not smart enough to shoot for his face, for the bottom part of his face. <laughs> they're that smart. I don't know. I didn't like. That I think that the, the this Batmobile definitely seems like what a year one Batman would be driving. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a souped up Dodge Charger or something. <laughs> Some extra like infrastructure in his car. It's not a whole ass tank that's barreling down the city. Mm. So, do you think there's a chance that this movie does not meet your expectations? Huh. There's obviously a chance. There's so many great trailers out there that just promise so much and don't deliver. But I don't think this is this is that case. If anything, it's that those promises of other TV shows in the universe, I don't want them to stretch Matt Reeves too thin. Okay. That's the only concern I have. Right. How about you? I think it's going to be great. And I haven't seen a Matt Reeves film that I didn't like. Um, and what I've seen so far, I really like. All the actors in it, I think, are great. Like yeah. Paul Dano, I think, was, is great. Colin Farrell, I'm a big fan of. Robert Robert Pattinson's Batman, I have. I don't think he's going to be my favorite Batman, but I'm still going to like it. My question is, is it going to be better than Dark Knight? Because Dark Knight is almost like the top of like superhero movies. Yeah. It's pretty much is the number one. Could this have a chance to dethrone it? I think it does. But that's, uh, it's, it's also, that's not, um, I don't know if I think it will, but I think it has a chance to do that. I, I don't know if I, I would like bet on it as if it was okay. where I stand. How about you? Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it's does beat it i hope it's i don't know because i i also really like dark knight so maybe <laughs> i don't hope that <laughs> I, I after watching this trailer it made me go back and rank all the batman movies that i've seen are you serious <laughs> so uh i made a list and i want to share it with you right now let's hear it of course dark knight number one okay number two tell me where where i differ from where you would rank these but number two is batman 89 batman 89 you know uh that's where i differ because i again okay. i didn't grow up on 89 actually okay. i grew up more on Batman Returns. So okay. I think I might put that over uh, 89. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah. Um, tell me if this counts. Number three, I put Joker. Oh, you're counting that? It's uh, This is my ranking of Bruce Wayne movies. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I would put that. I would put that third. I think. It, yeah. Okay, that's where I put it. I would think. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is where it gets controversial. My number four is BVS. What? <laughs> what? No. Wait. What? Yeah, I like that movie. No, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good, good Batman in that movie. Oh, BS. Okay, BS. Number, <laughs> <laughs> number five is Batman Returns. So it's in my top five. Okay. All right. Okay, six and seven is Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, rounding out Nolan's trilogy. Wait, wait. You put BVS above both those movies? Yes. Wow. Dark Knight's still number one. That doesn't. That's not what I, the argument is about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we're getting into uh, the lower halves now. Um, Justice League, I'll consider wow. both versions the same ranking, so I'll, I'll say the Snyder one. Wow. Oh, I didn't even think of that because that's you know I think about that the whole crew. That's higher up on my list okay um batman forever all right <laughs> understand that <laughs> okay so now we're at the last two and it's an argument of which one is worse <laughs> but i put suicide squad and then batman and robin huh suicide squad or batman no i think i think suicide squad is at the bottom you know it's barely a batman movie there's literally he's on the lambo and that's it yeah i don't care about like screen time i just care that he's in it Qual- to, quality. to qualify it's to quality qualify movie. for this list but like Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, that's terrible. It's horrible. But that's yeah, what, so it's the worst. It's it's funny watching of it. It's not even really hate no, watching. It's I like can't even funny watch it. Watch it uh, while you're drunk. It's hilarious. You can't do yeah. that with Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad at least has like Harley Quinn and Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> Am I selling you on it? No, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, release the air cut <laughs> and then we will um, talk. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's you have it all wrong. The whole list. Okay, sorry. You put um, Snyder cut higher. I put Snyder cut higher. BVS would maybe be at the bottom, not the top. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'll put Snyder cut higher, and I would separate the two. Uh, the the Whedon version and the Snyder version, mm-hmm. just because I feel like okay. I would have to, and they would be up higher. And Batman Begins might be second. Okay, you should watch eighty nine. It's still really good. I know, I know, it's amazing, but I don't have nostalgia for it like others do. I want. It might be the last. Batman movie I watched. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, I'm hoping this is somewhere close to the top of the list. And March is looking like a good year for comic book movies next year. Man, March already? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We also got trailers for like the two DC video games coming out, the Suicide Squad and the Gotham Knights game, and some trailers for CW shows that I don't watch anymore. No. Batwoman. <laughs> last, I forgive a try. Yeah. Last thing I want to mention real quick is the Peacemaker series coming to HBO. That looks really good. It looks fun. Um, John Cena is going to be hilarious. And it looks like that crew, it's like a whole crew of his handlers, right? Like, that's <laughs> what it feels like. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, there's a character named Vigilante in it. I think he looks, I think he just is like a fanboy of, of Peacemaker too. So that looks kind of cool. All right. Like uh, like Syndrome from Incredibles. Something like that. Yeah. And then the there's a clip where he like hugs a bald eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw that. That was pretty funny. I like that. Uh, yeah, Peacemaker, I, it's still crazy they give this one <laughs> green light of a, for a show, but I think they have know they have something special here, and that's why they did. Yeah, John Cena, I think his humor in it is the right fit of like, he is straight-faced saying it, but he knows what he's saying is it's really stupid. Yes, and after the movie, they're going to try to make him relatable in the series, and mm-hmm. so far it looks like, you know, you feel for the guy. Yeah. 
So I'm looking forward to that. All in all, DC Fandom, I thought, gave us some really good content. And I'm looking forward to almost everything coming out. Batman, the Flash movie, even Aquaman and Black Adam. Black Adam, I hope we get to see more soon, but so far, so good. That that movie's been in production for like years. Yes, I think uh, it was just, could they fit... Uh, enough on uh, the rock schedule, right? Because I think he it was. I think he had other movies to make too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say before we close off Fandom Twenty Twenty One? Um, not too much. I was just thinking, should it be should it be called um half Samoan, half Black Adam? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Samoan Adam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the, I also want to ask with the success of this two years in a row now and being how the pandemic is and people can't really gather in large crowds do you think this would work for like a marvel well you mean like a whole event make an event they definitely have enough um content coming out to merit like a day event like yeah i, I think i don't i don't think they need to people are gonna watch it regardless but exactly. it'd be cool to have something like that it'd be good for our podcast because we could talk about that stuff <laughs> yeah they just seem to be amping up, especially the limited series on Disney Plus. So mm-hmm. that could hype people up for the things that people know less about the freaking Agatha spinoff and maybe Echo. Mm-hmm. People don't know that much about. Right. I think there's room there, but I don't think they they already make like D twenty three, right? So Disney has their own. Yeah, thing. but that's that's Disney. That's like Pixar. That's even Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's actually in person. Like you go to a convention. Right. Right. This has always been virtual. Right. Um, they don't need to rile up the they fans. They really don't need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand why DC needs to, but they don't need they to. They don't need to, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that's it for news this week. All DC stuff. We'll catch up with everything else next week. But until then, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. That way you won't miss any of the new comic book news and we'll be in your feed every week. Right. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know what was your favorite thing at DC Fandom. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. We are going to continue on our horror month of horror comics with The Empty Man. I have really been enjoying the comic horror comics we've been doing this past month, this past two weeks. Um, I've been wanting to get like really scary comic books, which is kind of hard because it's a comic book. (laughs) Nothing is... You know, jumping out at you it's there's no motion right right there's no music build up <laughs> there's that yeah um there are tricks to to getting it scary though mm-hmm. and uh i think the book that i picked today the empty man does get closer to being what i want a really scary comic book um and the way they do it is just through the premise the idea of it and it i really enjoyed it and we're doing the first six issues which was a mini series that came out in 2014 out of um i believe this is dark horse comics Boom. Boom Studios. Boom Studios. Okay. Um, it's by Cullen Bunn. He wrote it. We've done a couple of his stories in the past. You're right. We've done Harrow County, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And then we also did Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the artist for this book is Vanessa R. Del Rey. And I, I think this is the first book I've seen of her work. And uh, it's very good. It's very like fits the story of like this manic kind of almost like crazy uh, violence that's happening in the book. Right. It's very sketchy. Um, maybe like a digital charcoal feel. And okay. Yeah. It kind of, 
I think that's perfect because it's so scary sometimes. It kind of makes it not realistic, so that's palpable, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because it does get kind of gruesome at Absolutely. some points. Um, like I said, we're doing the first four issues, which was a mini series in 2014. But when I initially started reading, I was reading the wrong book. <laughs> yes, you're right. Because in 2018 they came out with an ongoing series, and I started reading that first. And I I read the first issue of that before you made it clear that there was one before that. But I thought that was already very good. I think it was also like in the middle of it. So like it was like jumping you into the middle of the story. It was like confusing a bit, right? I was like, wow, this is cool already. <laughs> Straight into the story. <laughs> yeah. Stuff's happening already. I don't know who these people are. But I will say going back to the where it all started with the miniseries, um, the story is very good and the build up to it. And it totally fits like the theme of, of horror. Yes, absolutely. I think Colin Bunn is a known horror guy. He loves that stuff. Um, you can see here, it's like, it's his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, we know Colin Bunn. We've talked about it in the past. He's done a lot of work for Marvel with like um, X-Men. I think he's done a Venom before. A Venom book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seen and that then, one. Uh, like you said, he did Harrow County, which I thought was also a really good horror book. I loved it. I've read the yeah. whole series. He's been nominated for a bunch of awards, but one that he's been nominated for a lot was The Sixth Gun. Do you know that book? I do know that book. Yeah. Image, right? Yeah. He won uh, the best writer for the uh Broken Frontier Awards back in uh, 2011 for that book. Broken Frontiers, never heard of it. It sounds like it would make sense that the Six Gun would get that award, though. <laughs> Have you heard of the Ghastly Awards? No, is that like a horror thing? Like maybe in like all mediums or? I don't know, but he was nominated and won uh, for uh, Harrow County for the Ghastly Awards. So, I mean, it might be a horror, scary award show. <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, he He's also like the type of guy that just makes a bunch of comics. Like, he's like, it seems like he's always right. He just churns stuff out that gets greenlit too. Mm-hmm. Um, the artist, Vanessa Del Rey, has also done a lot of work for Marvel. She did um, a bunch of like Scarlet Witch and Spider-Woman stuff, and as well as uh, Daredevil. And then her first like co or a created, created, her own work mm. was um, the the book um, Redlands on Image Comics. Oh, Redlands. I think I know that book. Yeah, I've seen that on shelves and I thought yeah. it was something worth checking out. Um, also in that series, like I could kind of tell that it was her because the artwork, the covers, like it's almost like, I don't want to make it sound bad, but like bloody. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, the name is Redlands. Yeah, <laughs> which fits for that and it definitely fits for this book. Totally agree. Uh, just to get you uh, up to speed, the premise for The Empty Man is there's this world pandemic going on. <laughs> oh, wow. Novel idea. <laughs> but um, it's this disease that uh, it also it kind of makes people see, hear, want to do some violent, crazy things. And it's causing like this panic throughout the world and it all kind of like unravels in the in the story of what is really happening but they call it the empty man disease yes it's it just drives people insane pretty much and it spreads mm-hmm. um so it's pretty wild idea and it's almost like i want to give a warning almost this gets kind of crazy the stuff that happens in this book it's a horror thing at the end of the day yeah i, I really wanted to pick a book that went full horror yeah because like sometimes you pick up a horror comic book and there's more jokes than scares <laughs> 
it just has like has like a ghost in it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but this one definitely is just a horror comic book. Um, they made a movie about it. I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it got good reviews though. I think you know I saw a video on it. I think it. They said like it deserves more attention, but not uh, a lot of attention. It didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, <laughs> it deserves more attention, but not a lot of attention. No, it, it didn't get attention, but it deserves more. <laughs> I was looking up the the movie a little bit, and I. I didn't watch it or anything, but I think the the movie kind of diverges away from the story of the the first book that we're doing. So I think that maybe the idea might be the same, but it's maybe a completely different story. It might be. I saw the trailer and it seemed some different. story beats were different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now the the book jumps uh, a couple of times through like um, the main story and then kind of like where the whole disease kind of started. So we might be jumping back and forth a little bit, but I'll try to keep it simple so that way you guys could follow along. But the story starts off actually with this reverend, right? Yes. Reverend Markov. Markov. And he's speaking to his... Um, congregation but he's talking about like i know we're like a small group and we look stupid because we're gathering at a, a old gas station right because yes. it's like an abandoned gas station or like a used to be a convenience store but that's where they're meeting for their like church stuff right Sermon. yeah but it's like i promise you like it doesn't matter where we gather it's for the greater good and it seems like he's got a pretty decent following i mean that kind of and shows to, people are, yeah. are showing up to this church if you will but it's just a gas station right um, also while he's giving his his sermon his gospel there's even he's even being recorded and it's broadcasting to the public tv right and then after the service he meets up with this uh, new woman that has attended and she's saying like oh, i stayed behind because i want to talk to you i'm actually asking for help right and apparently her brother is sick and he he wants her to help heal him right yes we jump five years later now, right? The, the time jumps between that time and our present time five years later. And we see on the TV that this guy is now a leader of like this giant like following, like this big, like one of those like mega churches. Yes, he is a televangelist, right? You know, you see right, his face, exactly. he's famous reverend now. And at this point, the empty man disease is like known around the world already, right? Uh-huh. And this woman comes home. She's trying to find her husband and her kids, and they're not answering. And she finally makes it upstairs into the bathroom. And we see the husband, and he is one of the victims of the empty man disease. He's in the shower, and it looks like he's like scrubbing his face just so hard that he's like bleeding from his face. Or like he's the skin is coming off of his his face. He's deranged, and he's just yelling, "I can't get it out, get it out!" And the blood is getting scrubbed off in his sponge, and. Her- his wife is horrified to see this. Like, I, I, I gotta go get help. And she's like screaming and then cut to, now this is like a crime scene, right? Yeah. The house is covered. Um, they, they do one of those things where they tarp the whole house because they don't, even like the, the government doesn't really understand this disease, right? So they cover it even though they don't know if it's contagious and they're, they're just like quarantining this home, right? And this is where we meet our main characters. They are these two detectives. They work for like a joint force between the FBI and the CDC. One of them is Monica, uh, and the other one is uh, a taller gentleman called Langford. Yes. Um, Langford is the one that works for the CDC. So he's like a investigator, but he's not like, you know, like military trained or anything uh-huh. like that. And then Monica is the one that works for FBI. She is like the real like muscle of the team, right? Cool. Okay. And they both kind of have like this like outlook of the disease. It's like, I don't know, like they don't believe everything that the media is saying and then what the government is. They, they're the ones 
everyone's on the front line, so they know what's going on with, with these victims. Yes. The people cleaning up, they're all in hazmat suits, except for these two. They're just walking around yeah. the house like uh, almost like this is common place for them. Right. Like Langford even says, like, covering up the house will do nothing. It's not that, that's not how you get it. And if anything, it's just spreading more panic throughout the neighborhood. Yes. Um, they're examining the house. There's blood throughout the house. Uh, they're talking it through like what they kind of don't, they're not huge. They're not long-term partners so far. Like they've, I think they kind of knew her mm-hmm. and they make it to the bedroom and they find the wife's skin, like the entire, her entire skin just hung up like a, like a towel almost on the wall. Right. It, it, there's no trace of her like body. She's like been skinned and like, like you said, like she's like unraveled across the wall in the bedroom. Right. Like a curtain. Yeah. They know she's dead. <laughs> The husband's body is in the shower, dead. But what they can't find are the two kids, the two the two son and daughter, right? Yes. So now their whole mission is to find these missing kids. So they go around the neighborhood. They're asking questions of all the neighbors, like, did you see anything strange or whatever? And they're getting, like, a lot of mixed answers. Like, some people don't want to talk. Some people are like... I heard the empty man disease does this and this. And I heard I saw people uh, waiting outside their house. And it's almost like just like this paranoia that's building throughout the community. So no real foothold into what caused everything, how they got the, the empty man virus. And so they, they're kind of back to the whiteboard, walk, going back home. When they catch a, a figure in the shadow and they chase after it, this, this person is going on the run. Langford goes after him on foot while Monica kind of like tries to cut him off. And this guy jumps the fence and Langford, you could tell he's an older guy, but he should be able to catch him. But he slows down and he starts coughing up blood, right? Oh. But Monica is able to cut him off. She does like a clothesline on this guy. Sweet. <laughs> And he is knocked to the ground and they've apprehended him now. And they got him into this interrogation room and they're questioning him. And they realize this guy is from a group called the Witnesses. The Witnesses are this cult group. Now, after all this, uh, you know, virus erupting everywhere, there's cults popping up here and there. The Witnesses are the special group that are attracted to those that witnessed a empty man virus scenario. And they're kind of jealous of them. Right. They're like... Uh, they want to be part of it because they believe this is like almost like a religious thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that the people that get the disease are the chosen and they're part of whatever God now. Enlightenment. So they're, they're this cult, the witnesses, are a group that want to be part of that. And they're trying to, you know, figure out how to get this disease almost, right? So it and, makes sense that they would be at the crime yeah. scene, right? Trying to trying to find some people that did exactly. witness. They're asking this guy. We're also introduced to another part of this task force. Um, this guy's name is... Owen, he is like their science guy, right? And it's weird because he's kind of creepy looking, right? Yes. But he's with the good guys and he doesn't really care about solving the crime or finding the kids or anything. He's really there just because he's so like intrigued by the disease and he wants to figure out the disease, right? Yeah, he's like the scientist, right? But he also sees it as like almost a cult thing, like magical or psychic type thing. And so that's what he studied too. He's testing like every end of it, right? Yeah. He wants to figure this out. And they're explaining more of uh, different cases of the empty man disease and what it does to people. And like, it really pretty much just makes people crazy. Like, and they want to kill like themselves or their loved ones. Like there's ones where like a lady very gruesomely, she like fed her newborn child to a dog because she could hear voices in her head.
your head? Crazy stuff. This, this man like threw himself off a high rise because he thought he was inside out. Right. Like, yeah. What? And then there's like a woman that killed her husband and like cooked him in the oven or something like that. Really and weird th- stuff. Those are like the first instances like a couple of years ago. And for a while, they just thought, oh, these people are psycho. But it started connecting because all of them would leave like writing saying like the empty man made me do it. And it's becoming like now this phenomenon that they're, they've created a task force to figure out. Somehow it's connected. Why are they all connected to quote unquote the empty man? So Monica is in the interrogation room with that guy. And they're pretty much asking him like, why were you there? What What is your cult, the witnesses doing? And this guy... Guys, he's almost saying like, "Oh, you wouldn't get it. Like, you're you're not the chosen one, and you're a non-believer or whatever. And and one day we will be chosen." He, this guy, desperately wants to get the disease. <laughs> yeah, apparently, he just he's jealous of the people that did um, succumb to it. Out of nowhere, coming out of the ceiling, breaking through of the integration room is like this creature, this monster, right? It looks like a giant bloody insect, but the size is like bigger than a person. Yes, like a a gigantic pitch black scorpion with human arms and 20 red eyes. Monica quickly like pulls out her gun and starts shooting it, but she's like knocked back. Like the the monster, it like has a tail and like whips the tail. And then the guy, though, the member of the cult leader or the member of the cult, he's like just standing there like happy like oh great like i'm i'm gonna be part of the empty man like and he's like excited that the monster is like right in front of him he wants to be a victim too he's trying to get past these um uh agents trying to get to the monster while monica jumps in front and tries to stab at this uh, demon alien looking thing and then uh, the the witness jumps in front and hits her with a chair and just embraces the the attack from the monster the monster literally like dives on this guy and like rips his head off and is like chewing him up and then like jumps out back into the ceiling right and this guy is like dying in front of them and he's thankful he's like finally i'm a part of it yeah so it's later that day it's Langford and Monica and I guess like they're leaving being like talked to by their bosses and they're like they're just going to cover it up again they're going to say it's some accident or whatever but you can see Monica is like physically hurt like her arm she got hit by the monster by the arm right Mm -hmm. and uh, Walter seems like traumatized like I guess this is an everyday thing but it still wears on him and you see it in his eyes and they're talking now like okay well that was our only lead to the kids we got to figure out how to get more clues and get these kids saved and what they do is they're going through their files and they have like thousands of files of all these cult members and they're going through people's files that were once part of the cult but have left mm. right and they know like okay maybe if we talk to one of these people that they could help us get a lead of what's going on in the cult which will then lead us to finding out where the kids are and then they know like one of these women one of this this woman that they could talk to so they go visit her but while they're on their way Monica is starting seeing like visions right and she's starting to hear things um she looks down the hallway of this apartment building and in the shadows are just like a dozen of those monsters that are just inching towards her and then the vision just disappears right it's just like a quick shot of it and it's terrifying her but she's just keeping it under wraps trying not to say anything to langford so they go to this woman this woman's name is mrs adler and they're talking about like what's going on and how they need her help to track down people in the cult so they can find these kids right and she's saying like, oh, I I left that. I, I'm not a part of that anymore. But she's also saying like, I was infected by the disease, but she just doesn't listen to the voices. So she still hears it, 
but she has to like just suppress it. Really? Okay. So she, like almost being in cult, she got what she wanted, but she's still around. She doesn't, she suppresses it, right? Yeah. She, she realizes what they're doing is crazy. So she has to like mentally block that, even though it's in her like forever now. Right. And almost like Monica's asking her more about it because she's realizing this is what's happening to her. So talking to this lady, Monica and Langford got a lead, another person, this guy named Cosworth. And so there's another lead to try and find out what's going on. And they make their way to where this Cosworth person is located. And it looks like it's an old cathedral, like a church. Right. And this Cosworth guy, I guess, went to Miss Adler recently to try to get her to help. And it's because he is like still in the cult, right? Right. Fully inside. So they're like, okay, let's go talk to this guy. He must have a lead. And they go to that church, right? But when they get in, it's not a church inside. It's a it's a freaking strip joint inside in the right. middle of this cathedral. I guess with like this kind of apocalyptic scenario, it's kind of like people, the church goers stopped going in a way and others right. went more. So this one was abandoned. They find this Cosworth guy. He's like drunk at the bar and they're like, don't talk to me. Right. Yeah. We're like, no, you have to talk to us. We're FBI. We, we need to find these kids. So they drag him to like the back and they start talking to him, asking him questions. And apparently he was there at the house before like the cops showed up. Right. Yes. Some of the witnesses. Right. And he's saying like, we were there and then we saw the woman, the mother, right? Her skin was like stretched out and covered on the wall, right? But also kind of like split down the middle to make like like a curtain, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go like through her, it's not the wall. It's like a cave. It's like a doorway, almost like an entry path. And so there's reason to believe that the kids were went through that entrance. It's right. like this little pathway tunnel, almost like Narnia. <laughs> it's like evil Narnia. Evil Narnia, yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, this is what we wanted. We wanted to be part of this. But once we were there, we were like too scared to go in, right? Yes. Yeah. I would be too. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he's like drunk at the bar now because like he doesn't know what to do, right? Right. It's all mixed up in his head. And um, he mentions what he thinks the empty man really is. Like it is a disease, but you know, diseases are changing. It's um, what it really is, is an invasion. Right. And he's saying like, it's, it's not of this world. It's an alien, right? What? And he's like, and aliens, you know what they do? They invade and I can tell it's coming and we're all doomed, right? And now we cut back to, do you remember the old reverend that used to be at the gas station? Yes. And the woman that was asking for uh, his help, she brings him like to her brother, right? And her brother is like almost like a vegetable. He's mm-hmm. in a, on a bed, hooked up to machines. There's like no brain activity anymore. And she's hoping like, I know you're like spiritual. Maybe you could heal him. We've tried everything that the doctors could do, but maybe there's something you could do. As the reverend gets close and um, kind of uh, brushes the, the brother's head, we see into his eyes and the reverend sees visions of dark, horrible things things they kind of invade his brain and warp it a bit yeah and it's weird like the people that get the empty man disease they start seeing the world like not the world that regular people see and it's like almost like hell like it's bloody gruesome they see monsters they see evil things fleshy it's gross yeah (laughs) it's gross And this reverend guy is now part of that. He sees that, but he sees it almost like he's treating it like this is God working through him and he needs to spread this to the world. The good word almost. Okay. 
And it's like, once he realizes, he cuts off the woman. And it's like, years later, she's still with him. And she's like, you haven't healed my brother. I can't even see him now. I, I should have never brought him to you. And at this point, this reverend, like, he's up there already. He's made, like, a big church and everyone follows him. And he's like, he's like, all of a sudden, it's like slaps her. And he's like, you don't know what you're saying. Like, you're you're the reason why, like, he, his word is not spread all over yet. Oh. Right? And, and he ends up, like, choking her and then killing her. Uh, the reverend kind of panics a bit and kind of just tells his his men right his 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 crew to just clean up the body to hide it away it was it was an accident he says it's it's right what god wanted almost and he's warping it right what he's saying yeah like you said he's big now he's like doing arenas like he's like kanye right now <laughs> this guy is selling out yeah. madison square garden <laughs> sold out but in his mind, he's doing God's work, yeah. meaning he's spreading this disease. I mean, he's giving people the visions of what he thinks God wants, right? Yes. In his head, it's like it's like the gospel, what he's conveying. Exactly. And we're back at now to the at the strip club church. <laughs> yeah. And Cosworth's pretty much explaining everything that he saw to the Langford and Monica. And all of a sudden, there's like this big ruckus outside, and they go out to check what's going on, and it's one of it's the monster again, right? It's on stage, like literally sliding down the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're about to strip tease right now, <laughs> but it's it's roaring in all the people and screeching. Langford and Monica think, oh, this monster is after whoever was in the house of the uh, murdered uh, couple. So right. they, um, they're they after this guy Cosworth. So like, okay, let's get out the back. They jump in the car. They're like, floor it. And he's driving off. But the monster jumps like on top of the car. Awesome monster scene. This thing is trying to rip off the, the roof of the car. And it does trying to get at Cosworth um, until... Like like baby driver, Langford whips the car and the monster goes rolling down and dies. He like throws it in reverse and like runs over the monster again just Sweet. to make sure it's dead. And then they're like out there in the alley now like, okay, well, this is the first time we've ever caught one of these monsters. What do we do with it? We can't just leave it here, right? Yeah. <laughs> So they throw it in the trunk and then they take it back um, for Owen to like do like an autopsy, right? And it's like this gruesome shot. They have this monster now laid out and they're all like in OR scrubs and they're slicing this thing open to see what's inside. From torso to tail, they cut it open. It's all this red blood. Um, out of nowhere, the blood out of the cavity, it makes a face. Like it forms a human face, the liquid, and it starts talking to them in cryptic words like, this is the purge and now I am dead. And it's like talking to them like they're speaking specifically about the witnesses. Right. And it's almost like it's like a hive mind almost, right? Oh. And they don't believe what's going on. But Monica hears another voice. And when she looks up, it is the sister, oh. the one that the Reverend killed. But she's like floating like up against the wall towards the ceiling. Uh, straight up, she's a ghost, pretty much. She's like, <laughs> I think she has like a red tint to her, so she's like a you know like a red ghost in the in the corner of the room talking to her, um, talking about the man, the man that means harm, right? And right. Um, she can get help from uh, her brother. She's pretty much saying like, you guys are the ones that could save him, save all of us. And it's weird because I think she's dead, right? Yes. But she's almost like part of the empty man disease now too. 
too. And that's why Monica can see her because Monica is infected. She can see her. But the other guys, Owens and and Langford, they're like, who are you talking to? Right. And she's like, she's looking up at the ceiling and she's pretty much like, I'll explain later, but I know who's behind everything now. So Monica tells Langford, okay, we got to make it to Reverend Markov's location. So uh, they make their way to Markov's estate because he's a (laughs) televangelist now. He's got money. He's rich. Balling out of control, I should say. <laughs> like they, you know what? They go meet at his garden with like all these like like maze hedges, and it's gigantic estate. And he's like, "Oh, welcome! I, how can I help you?" Right? He's like really nice to them, right? He's playing. Dumb. He's put up a he's put up a front, right? Yeah. And they're pretty much saying like, "We want to ask you if you know anything about like these missing kids and the empty man disease and all this." And they're pretty much just like kind of like saying it to him, like, "We know you're behind it," without accusing him yet. Not explicitly saying it right and he's just playing dumb mm-hmm. saying oh i just heal people i have healing hands and uh no I, I wouldn't want to i would actually like i don't want to remove the gifts of someone who has some psychic ability can connect to the empty man right um, things like that so they leave but they leave knowing like this guy knows something so they're gonna like just keep keep a tab on him and then while they're gone reverend automatically gets on his cell phone and is like we gotta move the body right now right away and meaning he's talking about the brother right yes there are these cool shots of like the reverend communicating with the brother in his head right like psychically and basically he's like in this vision of a hellscape it's just hell like all red everything's burning and everything's fleshy there's souls in the river and the brother is almost talking to him in a cryptic way saying that you are the messenger but the brother like in this world he could walk right he's like normal uh he's inside out it looks like he has no flesh yeah but he could walk right whereas in the real world he's like stuck in bed he can't even communicate right he's literally brain dead it's almost like the brother is the god in this world Uh, exactly yeah yeah things are flipped the reverend's like uh i'll do whatever you want i'll I'll spread your word and the the brother's like you won't even believe it but like everything you see in this world like I made and he starts like spreading his arms and like it's almost like he's fusing with the ground on him like yeah it's literally like everything in here is him like like fleshy tendrils are attached to him as he rises a bit above above the reverend so it's later that night like it's like behind the scenes of the Markov like foundation like this is like his mega church mm-hmm. and they've got a van and they're pretty much like moving the body of the brother right to get it out of there so that way if people come looking again they won't find him there trying to hide but, him away yeah they're trying to hide him but Monica and Langford are already there and they see them moving the body and they're just like freeze they stay right there as Langford threatens um, threatens them to shoot them out and um, they look in the back of the van to find the brain dead brother in the back you know just like a vegetable this is kind of they didn't expect this at all it's just like <laughs> vegetable back in the back of the car so they take this body back to the hospital they arrest the reverend there right so um monica is with the reverend in the interrogation room while langford is back at the hospital talking to the doctors about like this guy like who is this guy that they have right uh-huh. and they're the doctors are pretty much explaining to him like this guy has like he's pretty much no conscience in him there's no brain activity there's nothing keeping him alive except for the machines that's hooked up to him he's literally they call him like he's an empty man like there's nothing oh. in him like there's no soul in him, right? I see. Okay. So it's it's weird. They would think like, why would the reverend have this body at all? It doesn't make sense. So Monica's interrogating the reverend and he won't say anything. Like he's, he's just 
quiet there, right? He feels like he's going to get away with this, right? But Monica starts talking to a third person that the Reverend can't see. And quickly, the Reverend realizes like she's also infected, but the person he's she's talking to is the sister that he killed. The Reverend goes into a panic because he feels... He even feels guilty. Like, I can't face her. I can't. He, he just goes into a flop sweat and crumbles in front of her. Pretty much just explains everything now, right? Yes. Now that he's terrified of, of the sister. And then Monica then meets up with Langford and they're like, okay, you won't believe me, but I want to try something and you just have to go with me and trust me, right? He's like, okay, I'll do whatever, right? Whatever, partner. She then goes to like the evidence cabinet, finds the skin that was on the wall of the mom and they're like, okay, we have to pin this back up on the wall. <laughs> they have to hang it like it's a poster, right? And <laughs> like a tapestry and they hang it on the wall what they're saying is this center middle is actually an entrance and a doorway and once they prop it up it does open up and the kids they just walk straight through the tunnel and (laughs) back into reality and they're like oh man i can't believe this is real and they're alive but though they're back and alive they're not the same and they almost have like this glazed look over their eyes they're in shock and um they it's almost like they're on the side of the brother of the the messenger of the empty man and is saying like you don't have to be afraid we are here as messengers too and right you don't you just we're here to bring up the message too and it's weird because like when langford looks at them they're like creepy looking kids now right yeah but when monica looks at him she sees them almost like the empty man like almost like inside out flesh bloody muscles yeah and then langford realizes like okay we're not gonna solve this here how we've been doing it it's time like i take matters into my own hands he grabs monica's gun and he goes into the skin tunnel oh crap And so Monica has got the two kids are saved. Langford has gone in and that's pretty much the end of the story there for the first volume. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to kill him myself. And he goes into like, which looks like the empty man world, like the hell, right? Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty wild story there. I got to say like, it gets graphic in the flashbacks and then even the story as it unravels, you don't expect it the way it goes to like be the origin of that. Reading this book and knowing that there was a movie made, I was like, this would make a great movie make a pretty interesting kind of like kind of like a cop horror movie (laughs) yeah yeah cop is that it's almost like uh constantine in a way i guess yeah a little bit not that vibe right not that attitude Mm -hmm. um more like um like hellblazer svu But I totally see like how, because like Monica's infected, right? Yeah. And she keeps it a secret. But I could totally see if this was like a movie or show or whatever, like the jump scares of her seeing these visions. Oh, man. But no, but like Langford can't see them. That's what I'm thinking. If this was a movie and you're in that mood of really being scared of stuff, those uh, monsters with like the scale, the scorpion bodies, like seeing that yeah. in real life would be terrifying. So I feel like the art for this works perfectly because it's totally, I can consume this. I'm not too scared. (laughs) It's not too realistic. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then the idea of like cults forming around wanting to be infected. Yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah. But like how they believe people are infected are actually like being chosen and and touched by God. Because then when you're infected and you go crazy, you start like muttering nonsense. And they believe like those are like the words of God. Almost like speaking in tongues, if you will. Like something like that. Um, There's uh, bad doers in this, right? Like the reverend and how how he acts. Uh, I imagine like Mm -hmm. this kind of world. It erupts kind of people that are not good for other people like like him 
and then like what is it really they say invasion like are the aliens technically are they like demons what's going on it's not right, yeah. fully fleshed out yeah I, I really enjoyed the book I thought it was a great idea um, it's not just like a monster it's, it's and it's like a disease but is like you said is an alien like I thought I thought they really like kind of like didn't reveal too much yes kind of told the line right I know there's another volume so I'm curious about yeah. that I know Colin Bunn he's moving up there is one of my favorite writers right now yeah really really interesting stuff um, I know the movie did not get good reviews did it really not get reviews I heard it was not and I, I even heard like the writer or director said like this is not the version I wanted to make or oh, something like that okay because it came out last year in 2020 when like no one was making movies I guess they had to just like put it out whatever they had oh alright okay horror movies I feel like they have a different bar or it's it's um, sure maybe not the, the production has to be the highest but they have to meet certain marks at some points if that if that makes sense yeah and um, I don't think it's exactly like one to one this story yeah so I might check it out but honestly like I, I think the book was probably better I think so too and even are you a horror movie fan I'm slowly getting there really okay yeah. I, I've, I made a turn you know a couple of years ago I was like I would never touch any horror movie and then okay now I'm a little bit more yeah. brave <laughs> I, I like horror stuff with like an interesting story if it's just like a slasher movie I'm not really into that but if it's something like i don't know the conjuring or something where it has like i don't know like a mythology lore to it yeah yeah i then i'm getting into it do you know that movie uh the witch have you seen that yeah that's a, well that's that good it's a good movie it's a it's definitely an a24 horror movie you know oh, okay that explains it uh i think it is one so it's like an indie movie of a horror movie even though most okay. horror movies are indie movies <laughs> but mm. all yeah. right maybe i'll check that one out because i heard good things yeah I, I don't think every horror movie is for me but if it's close to like what the empty man was i think i'll enjoy it uh hereditary is a great movie i've, I've okay, seen yeah, in I've recent years so i would recommend that one that's yeah. a yeah. I, I also want to check out the escape room franchise okay <laughs> is that is that even considered a horror movie or like a thriller I don't know. I, I, I saw the first Saw movie and I like that. So maybe okay. Maybe I like those like puzzle horror movies. <laughs> puzzle, horror movie with a game show? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's my kind of horror that's movie. That's a pretty good idea for a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got one more horror book coming up next week. But until then, let's get into our side stories. I've just been on a huge Netflix train recently, just finding all the like shows on Netflix. I think I think I'm a Netflix fanboy now, with all these streaming wars going on. I think the other ones are settling down. Um, but I found uh, another one of my shows returned for another season on Netflix. This TV show called You. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this show before, but uh, it's one of my favorites nowadays. It's um, really. I, it's kind. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. It's 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 my guilty pleasure now, kind of a show. Uh, do, okay. you, do, you feel, do you feel a bit guilty watching it? It's <laughs> it's centered around this character called Joe, and he's like uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot. The show is filled with just a lot of pretty people. He's a handsome looking <laughs> dude, but um, his whole thing is he's like kind of like a obsessive, kind of like romantic, right? And uh-huh. the whole show it centers around him that gets like obsessed with a lady that he gets entangled with, right? And then at a certain point, he gets so in love that there's the people around 
her. He starts to kill them for some reason or another. He becomes like a like a serial killer in a way, right? And you're, the whole show is really like a. It's kind of like like a CW feel type of a show. It's on Netflix, but you know what? I'm, when I say that, you know what I mean, right? Sure. It's that kind of a R- show. Riverdale. Riverdale. The Riverdales. <laughs> the maybe in like the Gossip Girls type of feel, but I, I still like it. Okay. Um, and he's just like a really creepy dude at the end of the day. Um, uh, so there were two seasons of that kind of a, a feel, right? I, I, I liked him. Um, like each season, there's a whole switch up. I think the first one, he's like in like New York or something. The second one, he travels to like LA. And so there's like a different feel of people there and he criticizes them. He is a really mm. like judgmental dude. And then the change for this season is they went to the suburbs. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> All right. When I first like learned that's the the like idea for this the season, I was like, that sounds kind of boring, because now he's actually he's like got a girl and he's also got like a kid, like a baby. So I was like, wow, oh. how are they gonna make this interesting? Uh, is it gonna get boring? So he never got caught. Um, like went to jail or anything? Uh, yeah. No, he has been caught before, but you know, oh, other okay. stuff goes on. That, All right. Is, is he? Isn't that like oh that intrigues you a bit? Not really. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But uh, I, I was like, okay, how are they gonna make this interesting? Right away, get spicy. Okay. <laughs> um, I think this dude does a great job of making this like a likable sociopath in the show. Um, and All right. Now that he's like a father, he there's like another reason to kind of root for him. And then there's like all the other people in the show are doing bad stuff. There's this one actress, um, Victoria Pedretti, I think is how you say her name. She was actually in that those series that I talked about. Um, I think it was directed by the guy named uh, Mike Flanagan that did the Haunting on Hill House and um, Okay, yeah, Haunting of Blind Manor. I think she she appeared in both those shows, so the first two. So that's where I first oh, okay. saw that actress. I think she's great. I think um, in the last year she was kind of boring, but she had like a character change and this season she's way more interesting and i think she's like landing it like hitting on the nail for her character for this role um i don't want to get into too much to spoil anything but she's doing a fantastic job on the show like the way they like emote their characters is pretty drastic as like you know killers or whatever but it's a it's a really good it's a good show if you like serial killers so it's it's pretty fun (laughs) way fun one if you like that if you're like um be true crime i guess is the word but this is fake crime right uh, okay. Yeah. So is it the same, like, from season one to, what is it now? Three. Three. Is it the same, like, girl that he's in love with or whatever? No, no, not the same girl. Um, oh, wow. Things change up. So uh, stuff okay. happens. I, was, I don't want to ruin gonna it, say, right? I was going to say, like, this girl doesn't realize that all her friends are dying. <laughs> it's because of this guy. <laughs> it's because of this one dude that just popped up out of nowhere and they're all dying. <laughs> no. And the way that's kind of the fun part too is the way he gets around it and hides and the moidos okay. and you know, how right. it's like built into his backstory and like why he does his stuff and you reveal his history is kind of interesting and well thought out. Um, no, like you know, it's not fantastic like a lot of the shows we watch. No, uh, no superheroes or magical stuff. But I still like these type of shows too. You can watch these every now and then. You know, it's definitely a is guilty it pleasure though. <laughs> something you think I would like? Um, it's something I didn't think I would like, and then I just mm. popped it on on Netflix, and I was like, okay, I'm pulled in. You just kind of like you kind of get pulled in is the idea, right? It sounds like, and I don't know because I've never seen the show. Yeah. It sounds like to me, it's like Dexter meets Shades of gray okay <laughs> <Shades of> gray. <laughs> it, that's actually pretty on point pretty close 
Um, Both of which I've never seen. So. <laughs> me neither, actually. I've never seen Dexter. I've heard mixed reviews, like really good at the beginning and mm. plateaus. Down. I think that show's returning, actually. Um, oh, I never saw it. I don't get it. Yeah, so. n- not really on my radar either. Um, yeah, also, what's also really cool about this show is the characters are somehow just like pretty rich. <laughs> so like there's a lot of nice what? stuff on this show. It's like, okay, uh, besides the serial killing and all that, I would want that life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you. I've, I'm only halfway into the latest season for season three. Still a good watch. I thought it was gonna get boring after uh, stuff, but it, it's, it's really interesting. How long is like an episode, and how many episodes are there? I think an episode's like 45 minutes, and I'm five in. There's 10 a season, I think. 10 for wow. this one for sure. You know when they people say like, oh, like shows are not good because there's too many episodes. They have to stretch stories. Some right? do that, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, the perfect amount is like 10 episodes i'm at the point where they're like no now that's too long i want only like six episodes six episodes well you're just uh really into the limited series i think yeah i think and then eventually i'm gonna be like that's too long give me like two episodes you know make one episode make it two hours Um, I I guess I'll try to check it out. I don't think you will. It sounds like yeah, probably not. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I really like it. It, it draws me in. Uh, I know I it's know. popular. I have is I, it? I know people that watch it. I didn't know it's popular. Yeah, I, I've seen like billboards and stuff. So I don't I don't deny that it's popular, but maybe it's just not for me. Maybe. I mean, uh, one question is like, why is it called you? Right. And that's a question. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because you're like always in his head, right? You're always like there's a narrator in his head as he's just creepily looking at people right and he always talks to people like oh you you are this type of person you do this and that that's that's like the the, oh. the story reason why it's called you maybe i will like it you you will like it because yeah, that's how, what i kind of judge people too <laughs> <laughs> everyone judges people but yeah that's what it's like <laughs> okay um, all right, that's what I got for side stories. Just another show on Netflix that popped up on my feed. Happy to have it back. What about you? I also got into a Netflix show, and I'm glad I get a chance to talk about it because we never talked about it on the show yet. No one has brought it up, but I, I found this show called Midnight Mass. <laughs> First no one time. talked about it, especially last episode. No one brought it up. Nobody. Oh. <laughs> it's really good. It's amazing, right? Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. It's definitely like a slow burn that ends with like this big kind of big ending yeah and uh it's very intriguing and it's it definitely has a lot of um character development so you get to like understand these characters more before we get into like the real action of the show right absolutely like because like you said like i said it's like a big ensemble cast is like a Mm -hmm. like a whole town right and then you kind of dig deep into each character slowly yeah so what i like about it is you get to know the characters and then you get to know each character's relationship to other characters characters exactly how they feel about other people other families and and whether or not they like them or have history with them and stuff so once you're like halfway in you kind of know the sense of the whole town right yes it is like a closed community because they're like a fisherman island town like you have to take a ferry to, to leave the island so it is very closed small community but once like the because it is a scary show. Once the spooky stuff starts happening, it really ramps up. It, it, it's like a new layer of mystery. So like once you're done, like the like the intrigue of the characters, and now you're into like, okay, what's going on with this kind of like backstory that's happening now and going to lead into the finale. And I finished it in like two days. Yeah. I just let it roll. And uh, I really like it. You're right. The acting is very good in it. Um, 
And then like it, you don't see it right away, but when you when some of the reveals happen, and then you look back and like, oh, there was clues to that. Yeah, there's like little things that were leading to that, that I didn't put together right away. Because usually, like I can see things before they happen in stories. <laughs> like usually, I'm like, I know where this is going. Obviously, as you're like brushing your tint, your chin. <laughs> yeah, but like this one, I didn't see everything. I knew some things were, were it ended where I thought it would end, but like a lot of this mystery of it was like uh, a good reveal, a good surprise. That's good to hear. Okay, you had the same experience that I did because it's like, like you said, the beginning is a slow burn and then when once mm. stuff starts to connect, you're like, oh, this is what this is. Yeah. Oh, that's why this character even exists. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. The acting, like I said, is very good. There's characters that you hate, but you're supposed to hate. Oh, right? yeah. And right. They're, they're, that's a sign of good acting. Um, and then it ends with a satisfying ending. Um, I, I don't know if it should have... I don't want to reveal too much. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, whenever I watch a show now, I expect like a little like a little window at the end where like they could continue the story in a sequel or something, right? And I'm starting to hate that. Oh, really? The end yeah. credit scenes. End credit scene or just even at the in part of it where it's like, oh, it's not, it's not 100% case closed, right? Yes. But I'll say like, you don't have to worry about that with this one, I think. Yeah, right. You don't have to. I think that's for sure the game plan with the with any of say Mike Flanagan series um, they were already just like a novel that had a beginning and end the yeah. not necessarily continuations um, uh-huh. from the origin you know original content yeah you were this was your side story last week so I'm just repeating it yeah sure but I had guesses just from you talking about it I had guesses of what the thing was right yeah the, the main part of the story um, and I was wrong oh really I was close but I was wrong okay we'll talk about it off <laughs> podcast yeah. I do want to yeah. talk about it now I want to know because I thought you so were going to guess I'm, it right away I'm glad I was wrong I guess I'll just uh, say you're bad at describing it so that's probably why I was uh, wrong. but <laughs> I was hesitant to not reveal too much, right? Because yeah. I want, I want the fans I, to like it too. I am too. I think uh, it's better going into it not knowing too much, just knowing that it is worth the wait. And it's like a great time to watch this. It's a scary show. It's a spooky show. And if you could watch it, I don't know, right before Halloween or something like that, like it's totally worth watching. In the dark with the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Um, I you said this is uh, Mike Flanagan's like third series on Netflix. It is. Yes. Are the other two worth watching? It seems like the other two are from the same vein, and this one's different. But are the other two worth watching? I think if you compare it, this show is like a full step better, like a full grade higher. Oh, wow. The other ones are not as good, but I think the first one is is better than the second. Um, where Hill House is better than Blind Manor. Um, I think it. I think you wouldn't like them. I think uh, this one was uh, just a whole grade higher so i don't know if i don't know if i could recommend them to you i think you'll be disappointed a bit but they're okay. they're good shows i like i never them. seen i never seen those but just from the title are they just both about haunted houses uh, pretty much but different okay, different yeah. approaches right and so they're not they're not the same thing okay i thought it was like a continuation almost no no okay well this one midnight mass i enjoyed a, a lot and uh it's not too long what is it eight episodes and something like that that sounds right maybe nine just about right. Just about as long as I need it to be. I don't want it any more than that. 
<laughs> but it was a satisfying uh, story. I'm. Uh, I know there is another one coming up called Midnight Club. Of uh, it sounds like it's similar name, so I don't know if it's connected at all. I don't want it to be a continuation. I hope it's not. Okay, I I'll definitely look out for that too. Um, this guy has like won me over as far as giving his shows a chance. So I I might actually go back and check out those other two. Okay, give them a try. I think he. I mean, I think he's like a pretty working like movie director now. I, I don't know what the other. I don't remember I saw something before. Um, but oh, he directed uh, Doctor Sleep. So that was the Shining sequel. Oh, movie. the Shining sequel. I never yeah. saw that because I don't think the Shining is that scary. <laughs> it. I think it's more supposed to be like a mind f, not a scary jump scare movie. Um. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. Um. If you like Stranger Things, I think this is like a more adult version of more serious like scary thing than Stranger Things. I guess so, yeah. Uh, if you just happen, if they're both horror things on Netflix, but this is more adult than that, yeah. Yeah, you're not following a bunch of kids on bikes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're following a bunch of adults on an island. <laughs> <laughs> At a church. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to say, I finally watched something you recommended. <laughs> and you actually liked it. You didn't... <laughs> you it didn't... only took three years of side <laughs> stories for me to watch something you recommended. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Squid Game. Who even likes Squid Game? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for side stories. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, that's it for me. All right, guys. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. And if you really want to help us out, please leave a review. Um, you could do that on our Apple Podcast page and let us know what you think. And uh, we might give you a shout out. Much appreciated if you do that. Uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All those social medias. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. What, what great shows are you watching now? Is it on Netflix? Is it on another stream service? Let us know. We'll be back next week to conclude our horror month of comics. But until then, Daniel, please hit him with the outro. If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye, guys. Yeah.